Hello listeners, welcome to the Stogies and Spirits podcast, coming to you live from the Diplomat Cigar Lounge in beautiful downtown Keene, New Hampshire. Is everybody ready? It's time to just cut, light, and suck. Disclaimer, we are all over the age of 21 and do not condone underage smoking or drinking. Please drink and smoke responsibly. Please. Look at that, look at that. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. Once again, we are here with the Stogies and Spheres podcast. This is episode five. Five. Thank you for the help with that. That's that's five. I can count that high. I got a whole hand for that. Here, as always, I'm with uh, Josh to my left, the CEO. CFO. CTO. CQO. Any CO you can put into it. Any of them. Of course, uh, on my right here. I have Gil back. Sergeant Gil. Sergeant Gil, back yeah, from Gil. the depths of being home. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm glad you could join us. And we have a special guest with us today, the mayor of our little town of Keene. Little Keene, New Hampshire. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Good to welcome. be here. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah. You're in a nice, busy, busy place in downtown Keene. It is busy tonight. It is busy that. tonight. Absolutely. I want to say it's because of you. Yeah. yeah I right. think word got out. I know. Last minute, I said the mayor was going to be here. Everyone showed up. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Keene's definitely on an upward trajectory, and I love it. I love yeah, seeing people well. out having a good time. You're doing a good job. Absolutely. Thanks. This is great. Definitely love to see more people going out because of, you know, the last two years for whatever reason, people just didn't want to go out. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know how that goes. <laughs> well, when I started my mayor's term, January 1st, I started January 1st, 2020. So really? three months later. No way. We yeah. had COVID wow. start, which was a, an interesting life. experience. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> To mayorship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mayor. And it really was. It was a wild time. I mean, people yeah. were sitting around. Nobody knew really what was going on. And yeah. they had to figure it out really quick. So how do, how do you how do you manage that coming from, um, I guess, I, let me ask you what your background is. So I'm a business person. I've okay. uh, been part of a family-owned manufacturing company for my career. All so right. I'm an executive there. Um, great company, medium-sized company here in Keene. we got about 100 employees. We make industrial equipment and so that's kind of my background more engineering manufacturing okay okay started out just volunteering in the community trying to help out and make sure that we were the best small city we could be and uh one thing leads to another you start on a volunteer board watch out then you get on the planning board then you get elected as a city councilor and six years later it was mayor Okay, so you, so you were on boards, so you had the business background, sure, but you were on boards and things. You were involved with the city before that, so it yeah. wasn't just like, hey, I'm mayor, I don't know what the hell to do because of COVID, but I guess everyone was kind of doing that, mayor or not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, it was an interesting thing because you have professionals that run the city, obviously, and um, we have emergency management folks, emergency services, sure. the city manager. Um, and then when COVID really got real, I can almost remember the day because we had sort of like a scramble meeting yeah. where we had to figure things out. There was a lot of information coming out and the people didn't know what was going on and we had to really coordinate and work together. Oh, and I was banking on these decades of experience to some of these people to uh, help us manage the crisis and make sure that people knew 
what they needed. It's funny you're doing this podcast. I'm sure you're expanding your reach to the people that you're able to talk to through this. Um, we did a really similar thing during COVID. Every morning, I would go down to City Hall and host a Facebook Live event and just answer people's nice. questions. Because as a mayor, you're getting all this information from all over the place, getting information from the president, even, you know, sure. the president's office. And um, I just tried to communicate with people, make it interactive, so that if you had a question, you could ask it. If I knew, I would tell you. If I didn't, I'd say I'd fi I'll figure it out today. And that's a great way to do it, to get people together, because if you think about it, uh, I'm sure there were tons of people that probably had the same questions. And so Absolutely. to be able to address it all at once, that's great. And it became a social thing in itself. Okay. Like, I mean, we had to stop doing things we wanted to do in certain cases because of COVID, but everybody could log into that uh, Facebook Live event, that town hall meeting yeah. every morning. And uh, they told me they did. I got hundreds of people that were logging on just to sort of hear what was going on. Just uh, reassure them that the city government was still operating and doing everything it needed to do. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you're not familiar with our podcast, we typically talk about stogies, a.k.a. cigars and spirits, also known as drinks containing alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so, we're the basic person's guide to cigars and alcohol. Yeah. We're so very we're basic. not experts. No, not By any means. We don't pretend to be at all uh we just enjoy both hobbies and we like to share the the bit of knowledge that we know and typically we'll have people come in and, and help us out with with things that they know and mm -hmm. we uh we all end up learning at the end of the day so yeah. that's that's the goal here uh you know if you if you get one thing more than you had before hey you're that much better so and it's entertaining sometimes. Some people yeah. say it is. Some people I like don't. To, I like to think that what we're doing <laughs> is helping new people come into the industry. Like sure. They can walk into a cigar lounge or a cigar shop and not feel overwhelmed. Oh, absolutely. Because for me, um, I'm not a big cigar smoker at all. But it's, it's intimidating to come in and not know, like, oh, how do I cut it? Where do I light it? What do I, you know, Everyone's how do I you. smoke it without inhaling it? And, and all of those things. Do I take the little wrapper off? Do I, you know, what do I do? Yeah. Because it's there. I mean, I'm sure there's books about it. I'm sure I can, I can YouTube it or yeah. Google it. Cigars but that's, for dummies. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to come in here. I'm going to look like an idiot. So hopefully we can stop other people Correct. from doing that. Correct. That's our, that's our goal. That's our goal. Yeah. So. We, we yeah, start start small. We'll, yeah, we'll work small. up to bigger goals. But, yeah, and I apologize <laughs> if there's a lot of background noise tonight. We we do what we can, but, um, you know, when the bar is full, the bar is full, yeah, and it's going to happen. So We're working on that. Yeah. Yeah, we have ideas. We'll see if they work. <laughs> right. Josh wants to build a wall. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Speaking – no, we won't go there. <laughs> anyway, Stop moving on. Stop. I told you no already. I fucking told you no. <laughs> moving on. Just kidding. Um, let's uh, go through what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I so think tonight it's a we're, gonna, we're actually talking about relighting a cigar. So last, like, well, last week we talked mm. about lighting a cigar, right? So that's huge because yeah, so I was like, just talking to someone the other day and they're like, oh, yeah, I like these cigars, but if I'm not puffing on them every 30 seconds, it's going to go out. Correct. So we'll so, talk about how to, like, correctly relight it. That's great, especially if you have, like, a bunch of, like, uh, ash at the end. Like, how yes. do you, how yeah, do you how to get, get around that and, right. and do all that? So that's great. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to um, go into the cigar of the night, which is a cigar from Black Label Trading Company. Okay. And then uh, the alcohol for tonight is Eagle Rare. 
Um, and then we're going to phone a friend. Or good. we might talk to um, George again. And then phone a friend. And then mystery I'll call. And then do a giveaway. Ooh, are we going to do the giveaway this time? Yeah, I have 25 cigars to give away. Okay, we need to do the giveaway this yeah. time. And it's not like we're trying to cheat people. We really just... It's on know, the list to do. We it's just on the list. We just week. forget. And yeah. we look at the clock and it's like, okay, we're coming up on almost two hours here. We got to cut it. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, so. if the mystery alcohol oh. <laughs> is apple cider vinegar again, <laughs> you're going to wear it. So right? flashback, what was that, episode Episode three. two, three, two, two, something like that. Two or three. One of those two. episodes, we because uh, we always do a mystery alcohol. We try to sniff it and taste it and try to figure out what it is. Uh, we usually get it way wrong. Yeah. Uh, so one of us will typically get kind of close, but usually we're wrong. That, um, that same day, I got it on the head, though. You did. Like, right after you gave me that crap. Oh, he, yeah, he, he called did, it, though. He did get it on the head, yeah. He called it, so, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, um, that's that. So let's go right into it. So relighting sure. a cigar. So let's and see. I'm working on a good demonstration for you. you. Are, are you? You haven't smoked that's, that for a minute. That's perfect. All right. So can you relight a cigar? Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Definitely. I hope so because we, we um, literally just spent five minutes talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a handful of reasons why a cigar won't stay lit. Most common is not puffing on it consistently. Um, sometimes it can be like construction issues it's rolled too loose or too tight too loose it burns just quick too tight it won't burn at all or if it's too humid in the in the humidor where it comes from it just won't stay lit because it's too wet okay um, also size right if it's too if it's a real skinny if it's a really yeah if it, i was getting to that if it's a smaller cigar you have to puff on it a lot more frequently or if oh, it's like really? a six by 60 because there's so much tobacco and so much heat in there it stays lit longer. Oh, see, yeah. I would have thought the opposite. I would have th thought a thicker one would go out quicker. No, exactly. Because opposite. it needs more, like, pull or something. No, but there's no, just, I'm so just much, way off. There's so much tobacco and heat in there. It just stays, it just stays lit for okay. a lot longer. Yeah. Unless it's rolled too tight. Correct. Then Sometimes that can be issues, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Continue, sorry. Yeah, no issues. So when your cigar has gone all the way out, you can tap off the ash... The ash is that gray part on the end of it. Um, sorry, someone just texted me. Yeah, it happens. My daughter just texted me saying, plug in the on-air sign. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. We, uh, oh, we, took, up too many we took up too many yeah, outlet sorry, spots. Sorry, we took up too many spots. Next time. So you tap the ash off, and then um, what I do... I'll Actually, we're not using that speaker. If you want, you can unplug the speaker and plug in the on-air. Okay. But. I'll tap off the ash, and it'll actually blow the ash off the top of the cigar. Okay. So it gets, like, all the light ash off of there, and it gets back to the tobacco that hasn't been burnt I, at all. I think it's the top one. Yes, correct. Good. If you unplugged the wrong one. If you unplugged the wrong one, we just died. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> hey! Hey, we're on air. We're on the air. My daughter can be happy now. All right. So then you scrape off or blow off the loose bits of ash into the ashtray, and then you just relight it. Just like you would before, just like you first were lighting a cigar. Light around the edges, suck on it a little bit, spin it, and keep lighting it. It'll just light right back up. Okay, so uh, oh, let me get the close-up going here so we can... Uh, yeah. If you want to move that a little bit, to, yeah, right there is perfect. 
So he, he tapped the ash off, and now he's just going around the outsides and just relighting it. So tapping the ash off, I'm sure, is key, because yeah, you're, you're not going to relight it if there's like a bunch a, of ash there. So the ash acts like an insulator. Okay. So if you don't take it off, it will not relight, okay. or it'll be a lot more difficult. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. Success. And then um, something he didn't do is you can light it, and then you can actually blow out first. That's called purging the cigar. Ooh. You're purging out, like, a lot of the bad, like, flavors and you stuff. You blow out through the cigar. like. While you're lighting it, yeah, yeah. Oh, while you're lighting it. Okay, okay. Josh is going to demo that. So, you're so you get it red first, right? Okay, so you get it red first, then you blow out. Okay. Yeah. I can't really tell, but I believe yeah, you. you <laughs> I'm going to believe that you're blowing out there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, nice. And then it's then it's back. Then it's back. Until next time. It does help get rid of some of like the, the bitter flavors you get sometimes when you're relighting a cigar. Okay. Like if it goes out and then you relight it, it does it can get bitter. So are we are we continuing this or do you want to go into the flavors that you're you're getting since no, you're already still, talking I about the bitterness? Talk, I still have a lot to talk about, yeah. All right. This is what happens when you don't read the uh, the show notes and you just kinda you just go gotta wing it. it. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Now, as far as relighting a cigar later yep. on, like if I put this out right now, yep. can I revisit it in a couple days, or is it going to be too bitter at that point? I wouldn't. I would not revisit it in a couple days. They do recommend smoking it all in one sitting, but like if you go out somewhere and it goes out, you can come back to it. It okay. will have a different flavor profile, though. So just I'm, because everything's heating up inside of it, you know, right? And then things kind of settle. So I'm probably ruining a future discussion, but. How long can you leave, let's say you don't light it, how long can you leave a cigar out and light it and still get the same kind of profile and have it not be, oh, like, skunked? I honestly don't know the answer to that. Uh, we'll have to research that Yeah, next, I will definitely research that. Probably, it's probably the humidity. Not I'm thinking, too, because, yeah, you need to keep it in the humidor. So, so you don't want it to dry out. Exactly. So how long does it take for it to dry out, I guess? I'll look at that. That's the question. But they say, like, so... Choose a cigar for the amount of time you have. Mm. If you only have 30 minutes, choose a small, smaller cigar. Okay. If you have a couple hours, choose a larger cigar, if you, if you like those larger cigars. Gotcha. Yeah. Because like so, the smaller ones, like the Corona or the Petite Corona, you can get through those in a half hour. So you're not grabbing a doggy bag for these. Once you light it up, you're, you're you going. Should, you should really try to smoke it all the way through. Yeah. Or if it goes either out, way, you're, you're, when you're done, you're done. Yeah. If it goes out for a couple minutes... Light it back up. Do you feel like si the size of the cigar ever changes the, the flavor profile? Like if I've got this size now and then I've got a larger, fatter Sometimes, one? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Do they make the all size cigars in every flavor pro profile? So they blend the cigars the same exact way, no matter what cigar they're rolling. They blend them? Yeah. So you have like different, like you'll have a filler and you'll have a binder and then a wrapper. And they're all the same amount percentage of tobacco, no matter what size it is. Hmm. For the same brand and type yeah. and, and whatever. So, yeah. interesting. So, sometimes they say, like, the size that tastes the best is a Robusto. Why? Which is a 5 by 50 look, look, Like the, the rollers, the people that are making the cigars say, the size that you should be smoking in this is a Robusto. Like, that's where the perfect flavors come out. And I guess because if you're talking percentage-wise... Obviously, a bigger one's going to have more of everything. A smaller one's going to have less. Correct. So they're saying at 
whatever size that's the perfect amount of things because it could be 70% of something but that 70% increases dramatically when you get a such a larger one. Yes, you are. Yes, you you get it. Okay, I get well, it. Yeah, you I get, get it. it. Now yes. I, I'm I have a question for you. Certainly. So when you're picking out a cigar, yep. I always feel like I can sort of tell the flavor profile for a cigar based on the color and how it looks. Is that just me in my own head thinking that? Uh, uh, is it yes and psychosomatic. No. Yes and no. Like sometimes there's a darker cigar. This brand actually here, Memento Mori. This is a very dark cigar. Right. Like you would think like this would be. A, Big, bold, huge, bold, lots of nicotine. You're going to get dizzy in your head if you smoke it too fast, which it isn't. Hmm. You smoke it consistently. It's it's just a good cigar. But they also have one in a Connecticut wrapper that if you smoke it, it's going to like make you sick. Hmm. But it doesn't have anything to do with the color. Not necessarily. Hmm. Interesting. Learning stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. I never knew that either. You have to like smoke through everything to figure out what's good and what's not or not what's good and what's not. What's good for you and what's not good for you. Howie says 24 hours, and that's that's it. Howie said 24 hours. Yeah. He does. He smokes a lot of cigars. He does. And he, He's very I could knowledgeable. See, I could see him putting one down for a while and coming back to it. Yeah. So so that's nice to know that you could, you may, maybe you start here, and then you can go out, have lunch, or, or do whatever, and come back and finish. And yeah, and sometimes you can just, like, you can take good. cutters, and you can cut off. Where it's oh. totally burnt. Okay. So it's almost like a new cigar. Oh, nice. It's still going to have the smoke that you've sucked through it that's settled on the other leaves and stuff. But Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because you're pulling the smoke and everything through it. And so you're going to get some sort of, I don't know. Residual. Residual. There you go. Stuff. Residue. Residue. <laughs> Residual residue. Yeah. Absolutely. Good Look team, at that. Good teamwork, Warren. That's why we work together. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. Sometimes. Sometimes. If your dream is this. Hey, for some people it is. Which is a terrible podcast. That's Uh, my dream. Hey, (laughs) success five Uh, times now. (laughs) People are here. People are here. People are here, but but that's that's the bar. That's the diplomat (laughs) doing its thing. Uh, So tonight we're actually smoking a black label trading company, which is a boutique brand. Not a lot of people know about them. It's not like a huge brand that does a lot of marketing. They're not Drew Estate, Rocky Patel. Where are they from? Um, their, head, their headquarters is in Nicaragua, but oh. they're based out in New Jersey, maybe. Okay. Connecticut, somewhere down there, like this, one of their warehouses. So um, can you find them nationwide, or are you typically New England, New no, York, New nation, Jersey no, area? No, they're nationwide for sure. They've okay. been around since 2013. Not a lot of places will carry it because they're a boutique brand. Okay. So, like... People know big brands. They know Macanudo. Yeah. They know Rocky Patel, Drew Estate Acid. They know all, all those, right? Sure. Black Label Trading Company, not no. a lot. Yeah. Interesting. So they create um, handcrafted premium cigars of the utmost quality in small batches um, and usually highly limited quantities. So when you say small and highly limited, what are we talking about here? Can you put a number to it or no? Like they had a limited cigar I ordered... A few months ago, the Bishop's Blend. I ordered four boxes of it. I called back two weeks later, and there wasn't any available. Oh, wow. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't order it again. They were gone. Okay. So, limited. For, so, you raised Very the limited. price on those things, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Moving so they, on. <laughs> so, I have, a, I have a question about, so with a small boutique brand like this, are they yeah. growing the tobacco themselves... 
rolling the cigars, marketing them? Is it almost like a winery or? Correct. A lot of cigar companies are like wineries. Yeah. Hmm. So they do have their own factory down in Nicaragua. Um, I don't know where they get the leaves from. A lot of companies, they just buy leaves. There's big leaf, like tobacco producers. Yeah, they're buying So they'll go buy it from them. They'll pick and choose. So Hmm. Black Label Trading, because the large companies can't use a smaller amount of tobacco, but Black Label Trading, they'll go in and be like, all right, there's only two bales of this tobacco. No one else will buy it because they can't make enough cigars. They'll buy it and make a limited production cigar. So it's really all about the, what they're putting together to yeah. make it into the cigar. It's not necessarily the ingredients, but it's what they do with the ingredients. So it says here, I'm, I'm reading this for the first time, and this is the Memento Mori, correct? Memento Mori, yes. Okay, so it says that it's from Nicaragua, but the wrapper is a Pennsylvania broadleaf. The binder is an Ecuador Habano. Yep. And the fillers, Nicaraguan. Correct. So they kind of get these ingredients from all over and put it together in, in almost like a uh, someone that's making like a, a whiskey, for instance, mm. where <clears throat> excuse me, they uh, they take you know this much barley, this much hops, this much wait the hops that's beer, but <laughs> you know each yeah. ingredient they put it in into the mix to make that mash bill. That's specific to that. Correct. You know, cigars that, can do the same. So cigars does the same thing. But they, then on a like more niche, black label trading is boutique. So they don't sell a huge amount of cigars. Mm-hmm. So they can go find like one big bale of tobacco from Pennsylvania and say, this is what we're going to use for this cigar. You know, yeah. where a, like Drew Estate can't do that because they have they to service so to many customers. So much. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. So you can get some really, really great cigars for a good price so let's talk about it how great is that cigar can i, I go there yet or am i not yeah, no you're good okay. you're good, you're good. <laughs> i like it it's good yeah, what uh what, same. i like it too what flavors are you all getting out of this or can you tell we're very basic warren i know i know i'm just seeing if, if you get any sort of i do flavor. find a more bold flavor palette with this um, it's a lot of flavor. Yeah. There's rich. a lot going on. So when you say bold, though, you're just talking about the flavor palette. You're not saying it's strong cigar. Is it? Is it a strong cigar, first of all? Or I, is don't, it mild? I don't find it to be a, a strong, strong cigar. I just find the flavor it's to be... It's just the flavors. Like when the smoke is in your mouth, it's like... It's there. Yeah. You know it's there. But do you know what... Can you can you name any of these flavors? Let me just look at this sheet here, and I'll oh. tell you exactly Does it what tell it you? Taste. I didn't even see. I'm looking. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't think dried it's cinnamon. Familiar. I don't taste dried cinnamon. No, dried yeah. dark fruits. Dried dark fruits. What does that even mean? What's a dark fruit? Like, like currants and... Current. Oh, okay. Like a blackberry or... Yeah. I, do, I do get the bitter cocoa that it's saying it should have, though. Like... If you think about like a 90% cocoa bar. Oh, okay. Are you getting earthy tones? Everything, everything. I every feel like cigar every cigar is earthy. Ever, <laughs> ever reviewed says it's fucking earthy. What does that mean? I have no idea. Go stick some mud in your mouth. And you, <laughs> I'm, gonna bring in, I'm bringing in moss next week and we're going to eat moss. No one knows what that means. Earthy. If it doesn't taste earthy on some level, I'm worried about it. It's, right. Yeah, exactly. I get you, yeah. And then what is so it? maybe that's just a one they put in there, you know. Don't worry, it's from the earth. It's earth, right? Yeah, yeah. Then it says retrohale, but we know what happened the last time I tried to retrohale. 
I, ne- I nearly died. Oh, was that? Like when you like blow the smoke out and suck it back up through your nose. Oh yeah, you were like choking to death. Yeah, I tried. I tried to do that. That was not good. It says it brings white pepper, but I feel like that comes with any cigar. White pepper, yeah. Yeah, that just spiciness. Yep. I just really like the cigar. It's it's got a lot of flavor, but it's not super overpowerful. Right. It's enjoyable. So you wouldn't? Would you say it's mild or or no medium medium to, medium to bold? Medium to bold. Yeah, okay, I think so it's in that medium to bold. Okay, so like is, you're not going to smoke three or four of these. You're not going to smoke two of these. I wouldn't smoke two of these. This is a one and done. This would be like an afternoon smoke, and then go to something more mild or okay. flavored. I mean, this is a perfect cigar for me. I don't smoke a lot of cigars. Sure. Like you're so if you're going to smoke a handful, one. handful a year probably, but I like a big bold flavor. You know, I like to know that you're smoking a cigar. Right. But it doesn't mm-hmm. knock you knock you down. Yeah. Nice. So I think it's a perfect one for someone like me. Okay, perfect. Okay. So maybe if you're a beginner, if this is like your first time, maybe this isn't the cigar for you. This but would not be the cigar to go to. But if you're like if you've if you tried, smoked before if you've tried some cigars and yeah. you're like, let's try something different, this, this would be the it. thing to step to because it's not gonna kill you. If you can find it anywhere it's not because gonna it's knock a your socks off. You can find it at the Diplomat Cigar Lounge at twenty one Davis Street in Keene, New Hampshire. But you could. Yes, you can. You could. Um, yeah, shameless plug, but that's okay. <laughs> so it comes in three different sizes. It comes in the 5 by 50 is what, what we're smoking today. What's that one called? The Robusto. Robusto. And that's then, the typical. I feel like Robusto is kind of like a go-to size. Yeah. We do have the Lonsdale, which is a 6.5 by 46. Um, Josh and I tried to smoke that yesterday. And honestly, you could not put that thing down for more than two minutes and you would have to relight it. Right. Like I was having a really hard time. So I didn't feel like that was a good cigar for tonight. Okay. And then they also have the Corona, which is a five and a half by 42. Nice. Yep. Um, prices is $11 to $12 here. So not bad. Not bad. No, yeah. not bad at all. Now, isn't it one of the company's mottos to only make so many size or so many size sticks because they're, they don't want to do... A lot of different sizes. Correct. Yeah, that's their thing. Like, yeah, they're already they know they know what that flavor they're looking for. That they know what the profile is they're looking for. So their rollers will roll a bunch of different cigars and smoke them. And whatever cigars taste the best, that's what they're going to release. They're not going to release things just because. Oh, that's good. And I think they have to be that because they're a boutique and they don't have that. Maybe that enterprise. Correct. They have to put out that higher quality cigar right. all the time. So let's talk about what are we giving away tonight? I'm just curious. Tonight we're giving away a uh, 25 pack of Gurkha cigars. 25 pack. All yeah. right. And Gurkhas, that's a that's a popular a one. Pretty big brand. Yeah, we have quite a few of their brands and their um, cigars in here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah, the Revenant. The Revenant. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, so uh, I could I had this paper in my hand and I just threw it away because I was like ah, I don't need that and then I was like wait what are we gonna do next? <laughs> no, yeah, we're going on to the next. Well, thing I got another question for okay. Josh. Oh yeah, yeah keep going, please. So box packed cigars. Box packed. Like ones that are kind of square because the they're Box pressed. Box pressed. Mm. Pressed. Yes. Why doesn't everybody do that? I feel um, like the box pressed cigars smoke better. It, uh, but maybe again, that's just my me and my own. It's just head. you. It's just you. It's just that that's what you like. Nice. That's what you go towards, and some people like that. He likes box press cigars. I do. I Josh, like the way they Josh feel better in your hand. Yeah. Um, they're real big on this cutting the. What do you call this cut again? V cut. A V cut. I like a. I like the box press with a punch because I feel it pulls better than what this what this does. It gives you more 
uh, more, a, more of a focused pool versus a broad pool. Hmm. I feel like the, the round ones give you more of a, like, you feel like, oh, maybe this was hand-rolled. Maybe someone paid more attention to it and gave it some extra love. Yeah. It's missing from that box press. I do like a. There's a couple box press cigars I like, but um, they don't smoke any. I don't feel like they smoke any different. Isn't the box press still hand rolled? They just put it in the press after they, they roll it. They roll it and then they put it in and a press and press it. Yes. Right. Hmm. So still hand rolled, but I just I just feel that natural. Not that I smoke that much, but when I do, I just feel that natural. Like ah, uh, someone put their, their heart and soul into they this thing. They put their thing. love into this thing. Working at a factory in Nicaragua. I don't know. I don't know if if Black Label Trading has any box pressed. Hmm. I haven't seen any. I have not. No, all the stuff I've bought from them has been regular. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have yeah. you guys tried any of the alcohol yet? I have uh, not. Really? So I've I've tried it in this old fashioned. Almost the whole entire old fashioned one. Yeah. No, it's all of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is melted ice that's left, but... Do you want another one? No, no, no. I'm good. You sure? Oh, yeah. Well, we got to get you a regular so you can try it. Yeah, I definitely want to try it. Do, do I not have a You a don't trial? have one. I will go get it for you. No, 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 no. Don't... Oh, is she busy? Yeah. Yeah, she's busy. We should call her. <laughs> yeah, call we, her we should call her. So or not. You, can you go to the next thing and start talking This is pretty good. I'm can. interested to learn more about this. Okay. There's well. a lot. Like, I learned a lot about this this company. I learned absolutely nothing, but I'm going to pretend like I did. So this is a Eagle Rare Buffalo Trace bourbon. Uh, let me, uh, here, hold on, I'm going to grab this bottle real quick. Uh, dead air, sorry. Okay, let's, uh, let me get a close-up here. I switched all the cameras around, so let's see if I can get the right one. All right, so here we go. This is the Eco Rare. It's, it's got a 10 on it. Aged 10 years. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And you know it's good. It's got a bird on the bottle. It's got an eagle, yes. Absolutely. Not just any bird, an eagle. Uh, bald eagle, probably. I don't know what the difference between an eagle and a bald eagle is, but I'm going to assume Let's see. nothing. Well, I don't know. We're going to kind of get into it later on when we start talking about the history of that and, and where that bird comes from, but there's a lot of stipulation behind why there's a bird on that bottle, and we're going to... Ooh, that's interesting. So looking at the back, it, it specifically says it's... Hold on, let me see if I can... Does that help? No. There's just a lot of background noise going on right now. Uh, so on the bottle, it specifically says, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, the Cornerstones of the Birth of a Nation. So this is definitely like deeply rooted in the U.S. I mean, obviously being a Kentucky bourbon, age 10 years... Um, and it says this is actually rare. Well, it's called Eagle Rare, so I would think 10 years. And Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is great. Um, Can I see the bottle? Absolutely. Well, it's part of the... Around it, here. it comes from the Buffalo Trace distillery. Yes. So... So that, even, even part of the mash bill has the, the roots of, uh, of Buffalo the Trace. Buffalo Trace in it, yeah. Absolutely. So that's great. And uh, Josh is coming back over here with my... Oh, you couldn't even get me one of those nice fancy glasses. I got to drink it out of one of these. That's okay, though. I can mix it around a little bit. Um, and we typically try them when they're warm, uh, room temperature, and um, no ice, so they're neat. And, yeah, that's, that's typically where we go with these. Um, 
What'd you guys go over so far? And absolutely nothing. I actually just read some of the back of the bottle and yep. showed the bottle to everyone. And uh, that was the extent of it. I just Buffalo I, Trace. I've Frank, right. Buffalo for, Trace. Yeah, Kentucky. It's from Buffalo Trace Distillery. Correct. Yes. Uh-oh. Yeah. We got to turn that down. Someone's... There we go. That should be good. Well, no, t- I can turn down that. No, yeah, what happened? Like, everything was working fine. Did you turn it up? I turned it up because it was quiet. Yeah, that's, that's what'll happen. That's why we put two, so that we didn't have this little feedback thing going on. But, sure. Because <laughs> I can't control the volume levels from here, so if we do want it louder, yeah, if you point it away from us, too, that'll definitely help. Um, yeah, I'm just going to cut us down a little bit more. Uh, that should be good. And then I'm going to turn the headphones up so you guys don't even know that I did that. <laughs> oh, hey Hey-o. All right. So Eagle Rare Kentucky Straight Bourbon is masterfully crafted and carefully aged for no less than 10 years. You guys read that on the back of the bottle? Uh, sort that. of, yeah, 10 years. So all of them, well, this particular is 10 years, no less. So that means they can go more. This could it's, be a 12. We don't even know. I guess. I mean, it would be dumb for them to do that. Because remember we talked to the old Forrester guy, and he said their master distiller would pull the barrel when he thought it tasted correctly. Yeah, that's true. So if the distiller's like, uh, 10, I'm just not feeling it. It could go a little longer. It could go longer. Yeah. But they do have bottles that go up to 17 years, right? They have a 17 and a 21 year. But are those Eagle Rare? Yes, they have an Eagle Rare 17 and an Eagle Rare 20. Are they Eagle Rarer? They're Eagle Rarest. <laughs> like, super expensive, super rare. Wow. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> so Eagle Rare uh, debuted in 1975, part of the Four Roses family of bourbons. The spirit was made by master distiller Charles Beam. You might oh. recognize Charles Beam. Is he, he was, Jim's brother? He was part of the Jim Beam family, yes. Hey. He did a 22-year tenure with Seagram's, who owned Four Roses brand at the time. And uh, Eagle Rare was originally 101 proof. Wow. Just uh, So apparently they tried to compete with Wild Turkey, okay, which also had 100, 101 proof. Remember, we did Wild Turkey. Oh, I'm for very the first familiar week. with the 100 proof yeah. Wild Turkey. So they did 101 proof Wild Turkey. So that's what they brought Eagle Rare up to do. Nice. Um, Which is what I was talking about with the bird. Yes. Oh, is oh is it uh, is it like the turkey versus the eagle? Yes. Yes. They actually did that to compete. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Man, I don't know what just happened, but the background noise is insane right now. Is it just louder in here? Yeah. We have yeah, a lot okay. of people at the bar. Yeah, it happens. That's okay. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that I, we learned on the last podcast, you, it may make you look dumb, but when you if you go and just try to smell this, you're going to get a lot of like acetone flavors. The trick to smelling whiskey, believe this shit or not, Open your mouth when you smell it, and you actually can smell the flavors. Blows my mind. So with our with these glasses, it's a little bit more difficult. Mm. So like I kind of put my mouth and nose in there, and I don't close my mouth all the way. Yeah, and I can, never got the acetone to begin with. It try was it you, now. Knucklehead. Just try it now. Just, yeah, yeah. Do a difference. Do a, do a test between the uh, the mouth closed versus mouth open, and that like. I don't know what you call it, the pungentness goes away. 
Yeah, I get a lot of the same thing I was getting before. Maybe I was just mouth breathing when I smelled it before. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what it was. He's just always that mouth breathing. So He's sense. just a mouth breather. So in 2005, Buffalo Trace um, discontinued the 10-year-old 101 proof, okay. and they went to a 10-year-old 90 proof, this which is, is what which is what they've continued with to today. It's strong. So what we're drinking now is a. 90 proof 10 year old whiskey yeah it's strong that's pretty good it reminds me of like Angel's Envy kind of okay I get a lot of the same and this is because of the mash bill I get a lot of the same flavors that I would get drinking Buffalo Trace which I Drink enjoy quite a bit yeah. um, and I, I think yeah. it even it says in there that the mash bill is Buffalo right correct mm-hmm. this it, mash bill is shared with other Buffalo Trace distillery products Oh, is it specifically Trace. part of Buffalo Trace's mash bill, though? Yes, it's mash bill number one, okay. which also is E.H. Taylor, and there's a couple other ones on that. So what does that mean? If they have the same mash bill, do they taste the same? They can. They just could be aged in different style barrels. Gotcha. Different lengths of time in the barrels. Gotcha. Different char. Like, there's char, different ch- amounts of char inside the barrels. Now, can they add things as well to it or no? No. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's mash bill number one, a low rye mash bill that's used for bourbons like Buffalo Trace and like you said, E.H. Taylor, small batch. Yep. So. Hmm. Yeah, so go. this is technically a single barrel, but they don't advertise it as a single barrel because of the way they bottle the whiskey. So what does that mean, single so barrel this, versus... So they, like, sometimes Jack has a single barrel. They literally take and bottle just out of that barrel. Gotcha. So, so they're not mixing it together. They're not grabbing, like, 100 barrels, pouring them into a vat, and correct. then pulling them off of that. Correct. So Jack Daniel's single barrel is one barrel, so each one could taste a little bit differently. This is the same thing, but the way they bottle it is they take the barrel, and they pour it into a vat, and they bottle off that. So, it also says that they may have small traces of yes. the last barrel, which is why they can't technically correct label oh, it as a single barrel. Because they yes. use so the same container. Even if there's a small amount of whiskey left from the other barrel, gotcha. it's mixing it, blending I'm surprised it. they don't just take it from the barrel and just bottle it straight from the barrel. So I think when you go to the 17 and 20, 21 year, that's, that is a single barrel, like that's it. Yeah, they're going to spend the, the effort to make that nice. But the 10 year, I mean, 10 years seems like a long time to me. I feel like you should. Here. That's a long time. <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier you were talking about the, the char that they use. Yeah. yeah. And it actually says that they use a number four alligator char on a, what did it say? White oak. A white oak. So they expose it to a flame for one minute to add the char to the wood. And then yeah. that's when they... So what's an alligator char? I've never so heard that's, of that before. So that's what they call it. It's like a, they char it for one minute, and then they ch- it's being charred for so long. When it's done, it looks like alligator scales. Oh. Like when you think of an alligator... Oh, I don't have alligator boots on tonight. I have snapping turtle. <laughs> and um, I got another future episode for you. You should compare a naturally aged bourbon to an artificially thermocycled aged bourbon what and see if you can taste the difference what is it thermal cycled thermal cycled yeah what is that you, well, what really something. ages the the bourbon is the heating up and the oh, cooling the down yeah, through okay, the yeah. seasons correct and so that's why the number of years that goes by you get more flavor as it thermal it goes cycles in and, out of the and what they're doing now to artificially age bourbon is they'll 
rise and drop the temperature using so they'll refrigeration. Put it, they'll put it in the barrel. Have you then, have you seen a brand that specifically does that or a, a type I've of? Seen, I've I've seen individual distillers who do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about a brand who's marketing that, but it would be that would be an interesting one because I would. Yeah, I'm just curious that. whether you can taste a difference. Yeah, I'm curious too because I know like diamonds, for instance, they have you know diamonds lab that are grown. being lab, lab grown, grown that people no one can tell the difference unless you like bring it into a lab to like specifically see the difference. But other than that, you can't tell, and the prices are so so much cheaper. It makes so much more sense for people to do that. So. I'm wondering if it tastes as good and it's you don't have to wait 10 years to sell it. I mean, that might be the move. I don't, I don't know. Even if it's almost as good, I think that, you know, it's one of those things that you might just want to take that, that little bit of maybe you can taste a little something off of it, but especially if they can age it even longer, if they can age it, you know, 25 years, yeah. that would be insane right. i'm excited i want to find one <laughs> josh find us one i'll get you there <laughs> i also wonder if it would change the color like if you've got mm. something like this is dark if you thermal age it will it or thermo age it would it make it a lighter artificially thermal cycle right the barrels um i think it does i mean chemically it's doing the same thing but yeah. does that time in the barrel make a difference? Actually, that's, difference. The, difference. that's yeah. the question. I feel like whenever we try to take shortcuts, it lessens the product. So, I think it probably does too. And I'm sure the distillers that are they're doing it down in Kentucky would would advocate for the naturally <laughs> I'm aged. Guessing so, right. Yeah. Um, and there are so many distilleries down in Kentucky in this area. It's almost like the Napa Valley for wine down oh, in Kentucky. Sure. Right. And I'm, I, and I was told by somebody that the reason that is, along with the tradition and everything, and and you know the uh, and all of these distilleries growing up in that area, it's because of the quality of the water. Because Ooh. distilling takes really high quality water, and they claim in, in this part of Kentucky that they have really great natural springs, and Correct. it has the right amount of mineralization and all that. Kind Kentucky of stuff. and and Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm yeah. curious if, because people say that about New York pizza, they say that the New York pizza is so good Dirty because water. of the water. That's I'm what they say about the hot dogs. I'm wondering if you take New York water, is that going to make a good whiskey or not? There is a there is a couple New York distilleries that make whiskey. Right? Do they use New York water? Well, not like New York City, but New York State. Yeah, well, I, I'm curious, yeah, because I don't know. I'm assuming, we'll have to figure out, because I actually saw a device that somebody sells that... I, I, I don't know what they did. I think they uh, took the water from New York to a lab to figure out what minerals and different things were in it, and they actually built a machine that adds in those minerals into the water. Like, it distills the water so it's clean, and then it puts the specific New York ingredients into it. And there's pizza places in, like, Miami and stuff that make New York pizza with this fake New York water, and people say it tastes just like a New York pizza. So it's water Blows and rash shit's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that's, that's what the machine does. Or alligators, whatever you think lives in the sewer system of... Yeah. Maybe Ninja Turtles. Maybe, right. maybe, yeah. Yeah, a rat or two. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm curious if, if New York would make a good whiskey. Maybe put that on the list. We'll try a New York whiskey and see. Yeah, there's a couple I know of. Yeah, Hill Rock, I think. 
Okay. Kill Rock is uh, from New York. The next time I go home to see family in Indiana, I'm going to bring up this uh, this company they have. It's called O55, and it, they make some of the best whiskey I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And they don't they, they can't be called a bourbon because they're, they're not, not from Kentucky. Kentucky so. Yeah. That's, that's very typical. And they um, use corn too, so it's a whole different flavor palette. Yeah, so they don't use corn when they're doing uh, well. Corn's made in bourbon. Too. Yeah, they're all made with corn. All yeah. whiskey's made with corn. Maybe the percentage of corn is higher than typical. Probably. That's that's what I would think. I could look it up. Yeah. They also have a sweet corn whiskey, which I haven't tried yet, but I want to try that one. I don't know if I'm a sweet corn kind of person. I think I like regular corn. Sweet corn's is too much sugar. I don't know. I don't even know how they make sweet corn. I mean, sweet corn is just a different type of corn, it's just a I guess. Different type of corn, yeah. But I yeah, feel like no, within no the sugar. corn, well, no, I mean, there <laughs> there has to be, like like in a strawberry. Sugar. Yeah, it's not artificial, but I think naturally. That's the one thing. Like people think, oh, I'm getting away with this because it's not. It's natural. I'm eating all of these fruits. That's healthy for me. But all that stuff has sugar in it. Not that it's not healthy. Way better than a McDonald's hamburger, but it still has sugar in it. But anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to get on so, that horse. So, <laughs> uh, Old 55 Single Barrel Bottle and Bond Bourbon is a, let's see, 80% yellow field corn and 20% red winter wheat. Wow, 80%. That seems yeah. high. And it goes into a uh, barrel with a number three char. Oh, so the chars are... Numbered. N- numbered, like that's a... Like... That- you, you take a barrel, you do a number one char, it could be for 20 seconds. A number two char could be for 30 seconds. You know? Gotcha, and that's universal among all whiskeys. So if you're Good using question. a number three char, no idea. could be the same. I'm just a hack. You're just a hack. We don't no know idea. anything. Don't we'll know find shit. out, though. I'll find out for sure. But, okay. Yeah, it's just uh, the old 55 doesn't have any uh, malted barley, which most bourbons, other whiskeys have barley in it. Yeah. This has none. No barley. Well, the old 55 that Josh is talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if that's maybe why. Maybe you need barley to be a bourbon. I don't know. I don't know what it takes to be a bourbon. Someone was saying that it doesn't even have to be from Kentucky to be a bourbon. That there's some, like... Joel said that. Joel said that, that, yeah. That's not true. No. It it has to be from Kentucky to be a bourbon. I keep looking for my phone, and we're on TikTok, so it's it's my phone. It's like an official bourbon if it's from Kentucky. It's just a, hey, we're calling it bourbon if it's... From somewhere else. Yeah. Because when you said the name of that, I think pretty sure you said bourbon in the description of Old 55, and they're from Indiana. Gotcha. Interesting. I might have. You might have, yeah. I looked it up on my phone. I can look it up again. I mean, that likes, I think that's the same thing. It, the same it concept does say bourbon. As, it does say single barrel bourbon bottled and bond. It's the same concept as like... It, it, that was on Drizzly. Drizzly could be wrong. Cognac, right? Cognac's only supposed to come from Cognac, France. Yes. But you've got, you've got people that sell... Champagne from Champagne, France, right? Wait, is Champagne in France or Italy? Right. France. France. It's in France. <laughs> Champagne. Champagne. So I, I'm pretty sure Champagne out of Champagne is not Champagne. Yes. But I think... Wrong. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't but know. But people will still call it champagne. Yeah. Well, just like tequila. Uh, tequila technically can't be called tequila if you don't use the agave that's made in wherever that is. in Mexico. Mexico, yeah. There's a specific, like, town. Region. Blue, region. Blue agave. Blue agave, yeah. And so 
if you're not making it from there, technically it's not considered tequila, but everyone calls it tequila no matter what they use. So it's well, one of those things. You should look on the bottle of the tequila that you're drinking, and if it says blue agave, then you know it's then you know real it's legit. tequila. One thing that someone told me is if you get a lot of vanilla, which a lot of tequilas I try have vanilla, and I like it, but they say typically that's like an added flavor and it's not like a true tequila. If you want a true tequila and you taste vanilla, then you're in the wrong place and you should try something else, which I thought was interesting. I don't know a lot about tequilas, but again, I heard that somewhere. <laughs> so what you, else? Would you guys like to rate this? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we forgot to rate the cigar, too. We did that last <laughs> yeah. week, too. Yeah, rate the cigar first. Okay. Since. I'm going to rate the cigar. Rewind. At a 7.8. Wow. That's high for me. That's high for you. Yeah, it is. Well, what's the scale you're using at 10? 1, one to 10. 10. Yeah. Decimal places in place. So technically 1 to 100. But I rate it. But so I rate my cigars on, like, if I would smoke another one that day. Or do I really enjoy it? Is it, does it fit my palate, you know? I don't but know. But you specifically said you wouldn't smoke more than one a day. Yeah, but I really like it. Like, it's a <laughs> lot of flavor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm going with a 7.3, which you guys know is pretty high for me. I've never even gotten yeah. anything out of the sixes yet. So no. that's true. Yeah, I, I, like this. I like the flavor of it. I like that it's a little bit more, it's a little darker, a little bolder. You like the dark cigars anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think like an eight, you know, this an is a eight? good okay. cigar for good cigar. For it's me. a rookie score, but we'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> There's no decimal point on that, George. You got to put a decimal point on it. Jeez. <laughs> Looks like an eight. <laughs> Just kidding. 8.0, no, there you go. I got 8.0, yeah, 8.0. Not acceptable. So you would, you would come in and you would try to find this cigar. If you were going somewhere that wasn't keen, you would go into their humidor and you would look for this because you've had it before. Yeah, okay. if you were going to smoke. Right. If you were in... Well, A smoke shop. Yeah, somewhere else in the country or overseas. I you would. You would look for this. Okay. Sure. Nice. Same. I really like this. Cool. Okay. Now let's move on to the bourbon. Have you tried it? I mean, the, did you uh, try it without the old fashioned? Yeah. Oh yeah. What you? Yeah, think? it's almost empty. I thought it was good. You like it? It's a lot of. It's flavor. strong though. Yeah, it's very strong. Very strong. Like I get a lot of like the oakiness from the barrel. It's very spicy. It's got mm. a lot of oaky flavor. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. Like we were ha we were drinking a hundred proof plus before. And those weren't as strong as this. It's and this really is only dark. 90. Sometimes I feel like the color has something to do. Like he was talking about the color of the cigar. Yeah. Sometimes I feel the color of the bourbon. Like this thing's really been aged a while if it's super dark. I mean, 10 years is, is a good amount of time. It's not like comparing it to scotches. It's nothing. But yeah. for bourbon, I feel like most of them we've had have been, what, like four years? Seven. Five years? Oh, one branch was eight. Eight? Seven, okay. Yeah, Long Branch Seven, was eight because Wild Turkey was four. Yeah, Wild Woodford Turkey was, was four. Four? Six? I think six. Woodford was Woodford like six or five. Eight. I don't think Woodford's eight. Woodford's pretty good. I like Woodford. I, that was my highest score. I scored that at eight point one. I, I love Woodford as well. Yeah. Um, but this one, I like it. It's very I like good. It. It's a lot of flavor. This one I'm going is, is high. Like I just said, I went high on the, the cigar, but this I'm giving it a, an 8.5. Wow. Whoa. That's insane. Holy macaroni. Um, 8.5. I, mean, I already like Buffalo Trace a lot. I feel like this is a, a better build than, than Buffalo Trace. It's a little stronger, which I enjoy a stronger whiskey. How long is Buffalo yeah, Trace too. aged for? 
Buffalo Trace is a very light colored. It is, but I, but does that make a difference? I feel like I it's know. Buffalo Trace without the sweetness, and I'm not a big sweet guy when it comes to the whiskey. I want it to be. I want to know I'm drinking whiskey. You want it to do its job. Yep. <laughs> Whatever that may be. Now, that makes sense. I mean, because otherwise, there's lots of other spirits you can choose. Uh, if you don't want to taste it, uh, a nice aged vodka, or, or I shouldn't say aged because they don't necessarily age it, but um, what do they call that? The, they put it through the filter. Filtered, yeah. A nice multi filtered vodka. Um, some of those you can't even taste at all. So, Buffalo Trace is a blended whiskey, and it can have whiskeys as young as four years old up to like eight or ten. Oh. So it averages between like five and eight years old. Okay. That makes sense. But it could be different areas of the rack house too. If it's high if it's higher up in the rack house, it's a lot hotter. Oh. The whiskey's going to go into the pores of the wood a lot more. Interesting. Yeah. But I would drink this again. I would look for this. It's very good. It's hard and to again, get. And again, I think I have, I like the bold flavors, so yeah. I think it works well with the cigar and they both sort of cater to my taste. It's a good pairing. So this then. is a good pairing. Good pairing. <laughs> there you go. You're on the same page. Mm -hmm. I'm going uh, 8.2. Wow. Yeah, I really enjoy this. 8.3. The price is right. So we're all in the eights. It's a, it's an amazing. If you can find it, drink it. Yeah, it is really good. It's just rare to find because it's so limited. They release so little of it. Literally, it's called Eagle Rare. Yeah. Can you get this at the New Hampshire liquor store? You have to be there on the right day. Like all the best things at the New Hampshire liquor store. Correct. Like, so for anything that we sell, it has to come through the New Hampshire liquor store. Yes. So. so like Eagle Rare will come in and they might get one case, which is six bottles. And that's all they'll get. Yeah. Or they'll get two cases. And then you have people like me that will go in and buy four bottles. You know? So how often do you go into the liquor store? Or do you have like an inside person that, that hits you up and they're like, hey, I, we just got a case. Get in here. I plead, I plead the fifth. There you go. <laughs> Smart guy. So what are, what are we looking well, at as then, far as the MSRP on the cigar or what, for what you sell it here? And MRSP the, the, on the cigar is I think $11. And then the Eagle Rare for? And the store, I think 70 Oh, that bottle's $70? I think so. Wow. 60 or 70. You usually make us drink the cheap stuff. You went all out. He's like, oh, the mayor's coming. I didn't choose this. <laughs> he, he, let, he let me pick this week. So I, I picked the cigar and I picked the, the, the whiskey. I think, I'd been, I think I'd been drinking that day and I was like, Josh, just go pick some stuff. <laughs> so now it makes sense why the scores are so high. Yeah, because he likes it already. Yeah. So I like this. I think I've had better, but I've also had a lot worse. Mm hmm. Um, I think it's really good. I really do. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 8-1. I think it gets into that 8 for yeah, sure. I, think I so would too. definitely ask, like, if I didn't realize, if, I, if it wasn't $70, I would probably ask for this regularly. Yeah. Um, what do you think about it in the old-fashioned? Because we're all drinking it. You drink it in the mixed drink, yeah. I mean, you can, if it wasn't obvious, I was done with this thing in, like, the first 10 minutes of the show, not even. <laughs> so it was delicious. So it's really good at uh, it kind of holds really up good. to the bitters and the sweetness of an old-fashioned. It absolutely does. And the flavors still push through that. It's got the boldness enough to, like, still push through with the additives mm. inside. And so, it's got that bite. It's not, like, the smoothest bourbon I've ever had, but it. But I kind of like that. Exactly. Right. Like I was saying, that 90 proof, really, you can feel it. 
for sure. Um, even more than some hundred plus proofs I've had. And again, like you said, it comes down to the aging and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, it's it's really good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys like it. It was a good pick. Good, good choice. Josh chose something good, good this week. Good, hey. good pick, Josh. <laughs> God, I gotta relight my cigar again. Uh, see, and that's so. How long do you think that one is uh, staying lit for? I don't know. I, well, I take I light it and then I take like two puffs off of it and yeah, I put and it down and I start talking sits. and and drinking and talking and drinking. Absolutely. So this is interesting because I have no idea what the next topic is. Well, we could talk about like uh, what happened at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, which was on the previous oh. page. Oh, we can. We're not cool. finished yet. Let's let's continue. You could, no, Please. You could talk about oh, it. you want me to talk about yeah. it? Because I am the expert here. So let me talk about this thing that I'm about to read directly from the paper. Uh, okay, we're we talking about 2008. Yeah. All right, 2008. Aware of the extreme off-market values for Eagle Rare Bourbons, then Buffalo Trace Distillery employee Gilbert Kurtzinger set out with a plan. Over the course of the next seven years, Kurtzinger, along with eight other individuals, stole an exorbitant amount of bourbon from the distillery, selling it on the secondary market to turn a major profit. Their haul included 28 bottles of Pappy Van Winkle, each of which can sell for over $1,400. I've heard of Pappy Van Winkle. Yep. It's very, rare. very expensive. Yeah. As well as 20 barrels of Eagle Rare Bourbon. Barrels. Barrels. barrels which amounted to $100,000 um, of the barrels reported stolen was one containing Eagle Rare 17-year, valued between eleven dollars and $12,000. Crazy, the, right? That is insane. Yeah. That is insane. The group went undetected until 2013 when 65 cases of Pappy, amounting to nearly 200 bottles, were reported missing from the distillery. They weren't caught until 2015, though, when an anonymous tip was sent into authorities alerting them of Kutzinger's actions. He was promptly arrested after five barrels of stolen wild turkey were found in his home. In 2017, Kutzinger pleaded guilty to the crime and was sentenced to 15 years in prison. He was released after just 30 days and placed on shock probation that sent to end in 2023. What's shock probation? Maybe one of those shock collars? That, that, I don't think that's legal. Probably not. <laughs> I, I have no idea what that, maybe it was a, a, a typing error. Yeah, maybe, they probably put like a, one of those... Maybe uh, ankle, ankle bracelets, bracelets or something on him. But it's crazy that these people, these employees, stole so much bourbon. Yeah. And then sold it. So now I'm curious it, it if so they stole anyways. it all at once or no? Because no, over the course of seven years they seven had years, stolen yeah. all this stuff. I was reading five it. Years. I wasn't even listening to what I was reading. Five That's kind of what I do. From 2008 to 2013. Which okay. Five. So like a little bit at a time. Yeah. It adds up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I. Uh, I know, maybe I shouldn't say what I'm about to say. So let's let's uh, let's not say that. Want to try a mystery alcohol? <laughs> let's try a mystery alcohol. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I think your bartender looks kind of bored over there. She's ready to participate in the show. I know she can hear me. Yeah. I know she can. We have the speaker literally pointed right at her face. <laughs> but maybe not. Maybe she's in conversation and just not listening at all. It might be quiet. It might, yeah, it might be loud. Maybe people still can't hear. I don't know. I don't know what to do. 
Oh, this hey, might be bad. Kayla, how are you okay. doing? Um, I'm great. How so are you? we're at the part of the podcast where we'd like to do a mystery alcohol. So we'd like you to choose something off the shelf. We're not going to look. You bring it over to us in four shot glasses. We're going to try it and give our guest best. The guest guest best. I'm so dyslexic. Do we're going to give our guests vinegar. some best. <laughs> some best. It better be guests. the best. <laughs> if you bring over three apple cider vinegars and something regular, I'm going to be mad. We're going to burn you. <laughs> Thank you, Michaela. Thanks. So, I just realized that the speaker was like literally pointed right at her and yeah. she was talking. So yeah, that could have okay. been bad. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that was bad. Friggin' dyslexia. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's not like you have to speak for a living or anything. It's not like you're on a podcast or. I just cleaned oh, car- clean carpets. We're doing a long. second call. Well, you know who we're calling. I don't. Yeah, you do. Oh, maybe I do. You know who we're calling. I have no idea who we're calling. It's not her, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hey, it's Preacher Man Dan. Ah, Preacher Man Dan. Call Preacher Man Dan again. How are you doing? It is. Hey, did you drink anything today? We're pretty good. Did you drink anything or smoke anything today? Uh, I didn't smoke anything today. I was, uh, honestly, it was kind of a brain buster today. Yep. Are you away or are you I did come home, and what I had was a, it was a beer day today. Okay. So I went with a wine and kugels. Toasted Bach. Lining Kugels Toasted Bach. Never heard of it. Well, Lining Kugels is a brewery out in Chippewa Falls, yep. Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, the Toasted Bach, uh, hey, you know, I recommend it. It's very malty. Uh, a nice, flavorful beer. I'll have to it's, give it a shot. Where do can... you pick that up at? Uh, I actually found that right at our local market basket. Oh, there you go. I'll give it a shot. Absolutely. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for taking uh, our call. If you can find it on tap, I would certainly try it uh, on tap, but I've never seen it that way because I'm not often in Chippewa Falls. <laughs> <laughs> and and how, so, so when you're drinking it, what kind of, uh, is it like heavy? Is it light? Where, where does it fall in the spectrum? It's, it's it's dark. It's a it's a dark brown beer. Okay. It's darker than so like most a Guinness. Box. No, no, yeah. not that dark. It, okay. It's the color is similar to a brown ale. Gotcha. Um, but it's got a like a toasty malt flavor, almost almost like a burnt toast flavor you get on the beer. Hmm. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Interesting. It's an interesting flavor. Uh, I haven't had many of them, but uh, I'm interested in that kind of flavor anyway. So, all right, yeah, okay. Well, thanks, Dan. <laughs> That's just my tip of the day. All righty, <laughs> yeah, preacher man, Dan's tip of the day. There you go. All right, have a good night, Dan. All right, take care. We'll see it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot we added that to the show. Not really. We didn't add it. It's kind of just one of these things I do. I like Dan. He's a good guy. He's a preacher. A he pastor. A preacher he went a pastor. to school. He went to school for it. He went over to Israel and, and studied. So Okay. Very smart man. Yeah, I like him a lot. And he drinks and smokes. He does drink and smoke pretty regularly. <laughs> so great person to uh to talk to. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, hope we can get him on the a podcast some some week. Someday. Someday. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any questions or comments about what we've talked about tonight, cigars, alcohol. What was the, uh, I, it's off topic, but he was talking about beer. We had a, a brown the other night, didn't we? Or 
Oh, yeah, we did. It was we the, had a maple brown ale from Henniker. Yep. Hmm. Really good. We went. To, I took all the bartenders from the Nooch out to dinner at the Smoking Trout yep. in Marlboro. And they had a maple brown ale from Henniker. Henniker's a great brewery. Dave yeah. Courier, my friend Dave Courier, is a... Uh, Started that over there. Oh, did he? He's a former state senator. No way, oh, really. And he had this great company, sold his company, um, kind of retired, and yeah. then got together with some younger guys in Henniker, and they started that brewery. That's yeah. awesome. I yeah. have a Henniker Working Man's Porter on tap, and then I have a barrel of the Double Roast coming, which is a coffee, coffee stout. Don't look at me. Imperial coffee stuff. I have no idea. It's like 10%. It's really good. Oh, wow. 10%. Jeez. For a beer is a lot. And yeah, then that's at the Nooch, we have Henniker IPA, right? Yeah, Hopslinger. They do a good job, and they, they went about starting the brewery in a bit of a different way, too. He wanted to be a production brewery, and so move kind of beyond just the very hyper-local nano or microbrewery model. He wanted to do a little bit larger scale. And I remember I went and visited him. Uh, probably five or six years ago now, and he had just got a canning a canning machine. Okay. And he got the canning machine from I think Disney. He bought it from Disney because it what? was the, it was the canning machine that they used <laughs> to make Duff beer. Oh like no! They served way. Duff beer at the at, at the, the parks. Uh, parks. Yeah. And nice. so he had purchased you know used their old Duff beer canning machine. That's cool. And they were canning up the the Henniker. He's probably moved way beyond that now. That was like the first <laughs> one he bought. But right. Oh, that's, that's, awesome. that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's interesting history. I can probably get him on here. Yeah. Oh, he'd love it. Yeah. He likes. He smokes a pipe. Oh, does he? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And when he first started, they started the brewery in his old factory office and everything like that. So it was just kind of a normal office. And they'd go in there, and they were getting everything all going. And he kept his same office, and he would be back there smoking his pipe in this like. <laughs> it was very. It was very interesting. It's a cool story. He'd probably love to share it. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have him on the show. Uh, right, okay, it looks like we our mystery alcohols are. We have Michaela and Michael way. Remy coming to give us alcohol. I wish Michael was in a skirt, but. Hey, you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> can only ask so much. Can't ask for everything, I guess. Yeah. Maybe next time. All right, so the looks of this, it looks. Can we smell it? Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Smell it. Hmm. It Ooh, looks apple dark. cider vinegar. <laughs> Josh is going to smell anything we give to him from here on out. He's not just taking that one down. He's not going to fall for that again. But it looks light. Okay, I can't, it does. I haven't smelled it yet. So. Interesting. Uh, I can't smell a lot. Is it mixed? No, it's not mixed. What do you mean mixed? I don't know about that. I hope it's not mixed. Josh drank all his. Oh, wow. That is not strong at all. Yeah, it's got some bite to it, too. That's interesting. What do you think, Josh? Nothing? He's our expert here. He, he is our expert. He can usually call it pretty good. I'm just over. I'm is looking it at just the rack 151? It's, it's got some bite on the end, but when you first sip it, there's really not a lot to it. And then at the end, it, like, That's it like a rum. kicks you. That's a rum. It's a rum? Are we drinking rum? Yeah. Almost positive. No idea. 
I forgot our mystery alcohols can be anything. It can be anything. I was. It's not clear. I, I bet you this is gin. I was thinking it was a whiskey. Oh, you think she colored I think it? I think, <laughs> no, I think it's a whiskey. It's a whiskey. I mean, it, it tastes like a whiskey. I almost want to say 100%. Jack Daniels. Really? No. 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. So I'm. That's I'm, tasty. I'm it's looking at the bottles up there. But I, oh, I don't know if she put the bottle back, so I don't want to cheat. Mm. But I'm just kind of curious because, again, I don't really know everything you. that you have. If she did put it back, uh, looks like she put it back. Okay. Oh. I'm guessing. Everything looks it's like it's up there. Sweetness to it. Michaela, did I'm you put it back? With... No. Oh. Okay. Don't look up there. <laughs> don't see what's missing. That's cheating. All right. I won't look. <laughs> Um, that's interesting. I have no idea, to be perfectly honest. I know. Let me smell yours. Well, because you just cheated and you know what's missing. <laughs> Josh, let me see yours for a second. I know what's missing. Hmm. All right, well, they're the same. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> I would hope so. Mine's not vinegar, no. I don't think. No, no. Well, now you can't participate. I'm disappointed. No, I'll let you guys guess. I, I, I think I know what it is. Okay, okay. Well, stop looking up there. I know it's missing. You so. keep cheating. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, new rule is the bottle has to go back up there. I will tell Michaela, put yes. the bottle back up there next week. Next time. It has to be up there so we can't cheat and see what's missing. I'm sticking with what I guessed. What are you saying? Yeah. I said Jack. Jack. Yeah, you're sticking with the Jack. What are you saying, Warren? I don't Whis know. You're saying whiskey, bourbon, or scotch. Yeah. That's that's the extent of what I can do. Um, I'm I'm thinking like an aged Scotch. Okay. But I'm probably way off. Okay. I think it's definitely a whiskey. Well, I'm gonna call her in a second. So. I think my flavor palette's off because I got a little bit of a cold going on. But. Hmm. No ideas. You don't know what I have here, so. Exactly. No. You're at an. You're advantage. gonna say whiskey or bourbon. I'm saying whiskey, but. Just like a Tennessee. Just because it's got that, it's got a real intense bite to it. But. Yeah, that's what kind of made me go scotch. But I, I bet you it's a whiskey. I just wanted to be different. Hi, Josh. Hey, Michaela. You're live on the podcast again. We would. <laughs> uh, As if you didn't know. <laughs> like you didn't know. But so Josh Gill guessed it was Jack Daniels. Warren guessed it was a scotch. And. I'm way off. I the know, mayor, George okay. Hansel, guessed it was a whiskey. Can you tell us what we're drinking? I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say it is Basil Hayden Dark Rye. Uh, I would, uh. No, it is not. Okay, so funny story. Um, I was going to give everybody some whistle pig. Ooh. Um, and then I realized how expensive it is. So yeah, I whistle pig bad. is ridiculously expensive. Yeah, Two fifty a bottle. So yeah. Josh, Warren, and the mayor all got whistle pig, and I gave you some Jack Bonnet. Really? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Wow. You Wait, so you got the Jack then? No, I did. Oh, you got the Jack. You're both named Josh. Yeah. Wait, right. but okay, interesting. So you guys got rye. It's a rye whiskey. That's where that sweetness comes from. It's yeah. it's good. He was good. on the money. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Hansel called it a whiskey. All right. Thank you, Michaela. We appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for the whistle pig. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There goes my 
<laughs> there goes your bottom line for the night. <laughs> I think I, I think we should retest that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, let's do another little, one here. Try a little bit more of that, or what? <laughs> you took it as a shot too. Yep. Yeah. How was it? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> Whistle Pig Fifteen is a very good uh, whiskey. It, so it you, is a oh, rye. Yeah. Yours was a Jack though. Mine's Jack bonded. And I now, almost wonder if she. Switch stars because I like I said I got because he tasted I Jack, Jack and yours. I said there was here. Let me see. Can I see it? Is there some in there? Oh no, that's Jack for sure. You think? A thousand percent. <laughs> Give it to him. See if he tastes. He'll always. He's he's got the best palate it, for whiskey than all. It of is the yes. Three of us. A thousand percent. That's Jack. Not even a question. What do you say? Yep, that's Jack. <laughs> yep. yep. Confirmed, even though it's I confirmed very good. It, it's yeah. Jack bonded, which a hundred proof, but it's it's still really it's smooth for a Jack. It's smooth for a Jack, much, but not anything like this at all. That's really good. This it's it's really funny good. how much your like the nose affects your palate because yeah, I guess Jack with this yeah, but it wasn't even. That's not even close. Yeah. So there you go. You'd be happy with a Jack instead of whistle pig. Save yourself two hundred dollars. Save yourself. Just give yourself a cold. Drink a bottle of Jack. Yeah. You're, you're good. Drinking high end whiskey. I can definitely tell the difference in comparing. I mean, like there's no side question. by side. Yeah. No question. Because all, all we've ever done is side by side with like the same brand. We've never done side yes. by side with opposite. Brands. Two totally different yeah. drinks. Yeah. I, I, do, I, do, I think it's funny that you're the owner and you got the bottom line right. and we all got. <laughs> you got to treat so. the guests better than the, Obviously. the, the owner. <laughs> you can we'll drink just... Whistle Pig all night long if you want. Yep, yep. Let's just give away $30. My, my neighbor loves uh, Whistle Pig. He actually went to some Whistle Pig event and he has this sweater. I oh, hope he Kevin. wears it if he comes on. Yes. Oh. He has the, yeah, Kevin Oxford. He no, has this. Trooper Oxford. That's his name. Trooper Oxford. <laughs> he has this uh, Whistle Pig. It's like a sweater vest. Yeah. And it's amazing. So Trooper Oxford actually does fly fishing. Oh yeah, that's and what he's doing tonight. So whistle, well, he's prepping for whistle it pig. When you buy a barrel of whistle pig from the distillery, they offer you a couple different things you can go do, and fly fishing for your group is one of them. Cool. Oh. So when someone buys a barrel of whistle pig, they're allowed to go on a fly fishing trip with Kevin. Kevin's like the one that goes out and does it. Oh, he's the one that takes you on the tour. Yes. And, and uh, yeah. where do they go? Uh, out in New York somewhere. Okay. I believe it's in New York somewhere. But you have to buy a barrel. A barrel, yeah. Not a, not a bottle, a barrel. A barrel. So, yeah. like, so as a a bar, I could go buy a barrel of Whistle Pig. Does it actually come like you you pick up the barrel itself? No, you get to you taste. Get like you get to taste the barrels and, and they pick they which one, it. and then they bottle it for you, and you get all the bottles. How many bottles in a barrel? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Do you get to name it uh, something? No, it's still called Whistle Pig. But sometimes on the label they'll put like Diplomat Cigar Lounge on the bottom of it. Oh, interesting. New Hampshire does that with Jack sometimes. Yeah, Kevin has a lot of whistle pig, and it makes sense now why he yes. has that. Because so he gets tipped in whistle pig sometimes. Yeah, apparently. So, like, they'll pay him his normal Well, especially fee. if you buy a barrel, you can tip a bottle. I mean, Well, no, <laughs> like, nothing. whistle pig will give him a couple bottles for doing the, oh, okay. the fishing trip. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah. Now, are you allowed, being a, a bar in New Hampshire, to buy a bottle and sell it here, or do you have a to— A barrel, you mean? Yeah, a barrel. So I have to buy the barrel, but it has to go through the state of New Hampshire— 
and then they hold it and it gets given to me or sold to me directly. Gotcha. So whistle pig would basically they can make the barrel and say, hey, this is Josh's. So I would go pick it out. Oh, you would, oh, you pick I would it go, out. I would go. I would pick they it would out. then ship it to New Hampshire. They would sell it to the state, and the state would buy it and, and then resell it to and you then for I would profit buy it from the state. Yes. So you have to pay even more. A little bit, probably whatever the taxes are on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I noticed uh, that the prices are actually pretty cheap. If I compare them to like what you pay in Massachusetts or Connecticut or New York for alcohol, New Hampshire is really inexpensive. I think that's one thing that draws people into New Hampshire. That's why you have a lot of liquor stores on the border. There we go. Keene needs some more liquor stores, I guess. Well, not Keene, but you have Chesterfield. <laughs> yeah. right? Chesterfield has a liquor store literally right over the right over the bridge. Yeah. You go over the bridge in Chesterfield, it says, the oh, giant. state liquor store. Yeah. I think that's what New Hampshire is known for. It, uh, is liquor? it not, George? I think that's part of the brand. <laughs> <laughs> like cigars. Liquor and no seatbelts. <laughs> Cigarettes, cigars, and alcohol. But people literally come here to buy that. Yeah. And it's so funny, though, because you would think because the state has a monopoly on the sale. I, I don't know about cigars, but I know for liquor, they have a monopoly. I mean, no one else can sell liquor in the state. Um, yeah, and, it, and because of that, because of the way New Hampshire decided to do its liquor laws and everything like that, it made it really tough for the, the breweries, actually. Oh, and I that's, believe uh, that's why we have some really convoluted laws about liquor and brewing beer and selling beer and all that stuff, so... Because you can buy beer at the at a grocery store. You can, but creating new, you know, as a brewer, it puts you in a different category. They, gotcha. They, uh, the state was very particular about how they made their laws around production of uh, alcohol because they didn't want anybody competing with them. Sure, know? sure. No, that makes sense. And I'm so typically you would think if they have the monopoly that the prices they could charge whatever they want, but from what at least I've experienced. Um, they're able, because there's no competition, they are actually charging less. Um, yeah, the money benefits the state anyways. It goes yeah. back to the state. Yeah, so they're not, you know, I mean, there's no competition. You would think with competition the prices would come down, but you look at other states and they, I, I feel like, and this is totally me, just my brain going places, but I feel like there's like, um, I don't know what the word is, but they're they're all kind of conspiring together to say like hey we're going to charge a minimum of this and if you want to charge more you can but you can't go under this and all of the people that sell liquor agree and then that's why it's more expensive because they all want to make a profit and they don't want people undercutting but you know maybe not maybe in not. other states in other states yeah no new hampshire i feel like it's just cheap here i've literally been at the liquor store buying alcohol for the bar mm -hmm. and seen like of a van from New York <laughs> and a guy, I, I don't know, 40 or 50 cases wow. of alcohol, like all just one type of alcohol, like Hennessy or something else. Interesting. Yeah. What's the, what's the, what's because the game? Because it's so much less expensive and they, they can just go back and sell it in their restaurants. It's oh. a lot of cases though. It is. Yeah, there have been discussions about that. I mean, it's a scandalous <laughs> thing sometimes. Uh, a few well, years ago, there was a discussion about that. Some people from New York coming up with uh, vans and buying lots and lots of liquor and reselling it down in New York City and yeah. all that. So, well, there's like a certain number they can sell. They can buy up to like nine thousand dollars without like 
well alerting. without having to report. Correct. Yeah, without having to walk so out of the store and part. walk back in. No, reporting it to like the IRS <laughs> yeah, or anything like that. It was a like big that. part of the discussion was, you know, are we facilitating people doing Illegal. stuff they're not supposed to do? Yeah. Because yeah. how do you know? You don't. They could you just don't. be buying it for their house. Could be. I, don't, I, I, want <laughs> I need fifty thousand dollars worth of liquor in my house. I do. I want yeah, it. That's true. You do. I don't need it. No, you definitely don't. Oh, all, right. all right. So how well, are we doing fun. this giveaway? Oh shoot! Oh, giveaway. The giveaway. Oh, what happened? I know they left. They left. Yeah. I was gonna give it to them. Yeah. We we're just gonna be like whoever's. Well, I don't know what we want to do now. Cran eater. Yeah. What? What's happening? I don't know what's How going on. How should we give it away? Oh. That's a good question. So people online want to know if they can participate in the giveaway. Your, your, I'm your say fellow brethren no. is sitting at the bar right here with the fat light and sock hat on. Oh, look at that. We'll buy him a drink. <laughs> I'll buy him a drink. Hold on. Let's see. You typically, guys come up with, you guys come up with an idea to give away. I'm gonna call Michaela. Typically, we've asked a question. Yeah, like so, a trivia question. Yeah, like a trivia question. That's what we did last time. And then I people like that. online could participate too. Oh, okay, okay. You just but, gotta watch it. Yeah, and the, uh, I guess people could Google it, but at the same time, yeah, that's okay. You could ask what the mash bill we said the Eagle Rare was. Yeah, I don't like that. Nope, we're not doing that. We are going to ask. Hello. Hey, Michaela. What are we doing? Do you see that gentleman sitting in front of you with the red hat on that says "Cut lightens up"? Just kidding. He took it off. He can totally hear you, by the way, because there's a giant speaker. Yeah, I would like pointed right at him. I would like to buy him a drink of the uh, Whistle Pig 15. What? Yeah. That is that is a very expensive drink. If you can pour him like a two ounce pour of that, that'd be great. Two ounce? Yeah, that's good. All right, thank you. That's like $100. <laughs> All right, well, I took got that taken care of. Wow, okay, so, yeah, I'd rather have that over the cigars. Shit. Whoever gets the cigars isn't... Okay, so my... I would... I would. I want to go to the uh, question or the statement that we made about the theft. Okay. And I would ask, how many barrels of Eagle Rare bourbon were stolen? Or... What, um, there were 28 bottles of this specific thing stolen. What was it? Either one of those. I think I know what it probably was. 28 bottles? 28 bottles of blank bottles were stolen. Oh, there was, bottles. There were a certain amount of barrels. But b- oh. bottles of this thing that can sell for oh, over yeah, yeah. $1,400. I see that. Or, I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Unless you want the cigars, then it's all yours. No, I, I feel like we should <laughs> broaden this out a little bit. So, so yes, if, if anybody knows, um, let's see, what is it here? Uh, if anybody knows what the hall, like, just come on up. Hoorah. Come on up if you know. If you know, there's either, we're going to try two things. So we're going to try, if you know the name of this Google alcohol, that. you could Google it maybe, but it, 28 bottles of this were stolen in 2008. Uh, from the Eagle Rare, I guess, uh, distillery. Uh, we have someone coming up. Oh. What is it? Yes, Pappy. That's it. 28 bottles of Pappy were stolen. 28 yeah. bottles hey, of Pappy Van no, Winkle. Congratulations. Here's some free cigars for you. Yay. <laughs> 
You're very welcome. It's crowd favorite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just got really busy in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was our show. Yes. That was good. It was. It was a good show. It was a good night. Definitely want to thank Mr. Mayor George here for coming out. Yeah. Thanks. We thanks appreciate for, thanks for yeah, it. Was good, to, uh, good to hang with you for get a you out of while. The, get you out of the office, sitting yeah. behind the desk. Yeah, yeah right? not talking about politics or any of the stuff I usually have right? to talk about. So. Yeah, we don't like talking about politics. There were a couple things I was going to bring up, but I was Save like, you know what? Let's just not uh, let's just not bring that up, you know. Um, not save the square. No. Okay. Oh, we I don't know. If you want to no, talk about no, that, no. you can. Absolutely. End of the show. This is the we end of the about, show. We can talk about the skate park. We can talk about. We can talk about the. Um, they just say thank you for not anybody, talking about politics. We can. We can. We I'd can, be happy to. But. We can talk about how when it's dark and it's a little foggy and or rainy that anyone crossing Main Street has a death wish. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's one thing that we could bring up. But we're not going <laughs> but to. But we're not going to do that. End the show. <laughs> thank you for coming in, George. I appreciate it. Josh, Orn, thank you for being here. Once again, we're at the Diplomat Cigar Lounge, 21 Davis Street in Keene, New Hampshire. This is Stogies and Spirit Podcast. We're the basic person's guide to cigars and alcohol. Mm-hmm.